So if you are a woman here tonight, uh, not of faith, and you don't have a church background, and um, somebody invited you here, first of all, we're thrilled that you're here. Uh, it's so awesome that you're here. Um, but you probably read those quotes, and those quotes just simply reinforce everything you already know about the church. That it is sexist, that it is chauvinistic, and that it absolutely uh, is male-dominated, and it doesn't empower women. However, if you are part of a church and part of the faith, and maybe you grew up in a church, uh, you can't just as easily write those quotes off. Because those quotes come from, from some very famous people who have influenced uh, the way our faith has developed over the last 2,000 years. And so we have to take some moments tonight to actually wrestle these down and to understand them. But even as a, a follower of Christ, it's very easy for you tonight to sit there and say, but we don't listen to what a bunch of men have to say or theologians. We listen to the Bible. We're going to be followers of God, and we are going to listen to what the Bible has to say. So you're asking the question, what does the Bible actually have to say about women? What does the Bible have to say about the status of women? Well, that's not hard because there are five main passages that people point to to understand the position or the status of women. I, these are super important verses, so I'm just simply going to walk you through them, and then we'll take a look at them. Here's the first one out of Ephesians 5. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. As the church submits to Christ... So wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Just throw that in the hopper. First Timothy says this. First Timothy says, Women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 14. Women should be silent during the church meeting. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive. Colossians 3, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. And then finally, Titus chapter 2, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to go to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Now we have a problem. Because not only do the theologians throughout history have these quotes, but it seems like the Bible is teaching us something. And the problem is that our leadership, at least at our church here at Riverwood, has emphatically said that there is no difference in the status or the position of women. Women and men in our church are absolutely equal. Any role in this church, right up to lead elder or my job, lead pastor, is open equally to a woman or to a man. Our leadership has said that women are not sub subservient or less than men in any way, and there is no distinction in, in how a woman can, different from a man, or is qualified differently to teach, to lead, to serve, or to run the organization. So, obviously somebody's caved. Obviously, somebody has let culture dictate rather than the Word of God, right? Obviously, our church leadership is in direct violation to the Word of God. Or is it? 
I want to play a little game with you. I want you to uh, have a partner with you. I want you to tell them what you see on the screen. It's going to be very, very fast. It's, it's, we're not going to take a lot of time, but I'm going to flash some pictures. And I want you to tell them what you see. Okay, here we go. First one, what do you see in this picture? What do you see? Just talk to the person next to you. Tell them what you see, okay? All right, time's up. All right, next picture. What do you see in this picture? Tell them what you see. Be as observant as you can. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this next one. What do you see in this next picture? What do you see in this picture? Oh, yeah. Tell them what you see. Uh, this game is too fun. I could play this all night long. Okay, now, what about in this next picture? What do you see here? Obviously, if this was a men's gathering, we wouldn't be showing this picture. But what do you see? Tell the person next to you, what do you see? All right, next one. Just two more. What do you see in this picture? What's happening? What do you see? And the final one, okay, what do you see in this picture? Describe it as best you can to the person sitting next to you. All right, pull it back together. Let's go over these. In picture number one, if you said you saw a woman laughing hysterically along with a nurse because her husband just fainted, let's see the next picture, her husband just fainted after the, her giving birth, you would be right because she is laughing hysterically along with that nurse. In the next picture, if you said, I see an exhausted Marilyn Monroe in front of a crowd of 100 photographers and streaming fans working for three hours and having 17 takes to get a candid looking photo, then you would be right. In the next picture, if you saw a buff guy that you wanted to date, that's your own business, but if you saw a buff guy hanging about a meter off of, off of a rock, uh, then you would be right. That, that would be absolutely accurate. In the next one, if you saw a teenage girl with her knees tucked under her shirt, you would be absolutely right because that's what was happening. In the next one, if you saw a bugged-eyed guy in the bathroom in Cincinnati... In Cincinnati, okay, with a little 10-inch tall Eiffel Tower in his bathroom window, you would be right. And in the last one, if you saw a young girl holding hands of a guy with his best friend awkwardly hugging him to get the shot, then you would be absolutely right. So why didn't you get these pictures right the first time? Why didn't you get these pictures right the first time? Why did you look at that picture at the first ones and you said, well, it's obvious what that is. Everybody knows what that is until you, you saw something different and then absolutely the opposite or something entirely different came into light. The reason was because you didn't have the context. And in order to understand the photo, you needed to understand the context. People read those five verses that I give you and they say, well, obviously we know what they mean. But could it be that they actually mean something different and maybe even the opposite because you haven't taken enough time to understand the context. You will never understand those verses without the context. Now, what I'm about to give you in the next four minutes took our elders and our leaders and our pastors 18 months of study and writing to nail down, but I'm going to give it to you in just four minutes, and I'm going to give you some context. Context number one, 
God routinely used women to lead nations and men and armies and people throughout the Bible. God routinely did this. He did this with Deborah. He did this with Esther, who stepped up and challenged the male king. With Huldah, with Lydia, with Priscilla, who mentored Apollos, with Phoebe, with uh, Miriam, with Jehoshiba, uh, with the four daughters of, of the uh, evangelist Philip, who taught and led the church. God constantly did this. And if God was doing that, he was violating his own scriptures, if in fact he would not allow women to teach men or have influence or lead men. He's violating his own scriptures constantly because God called, equipped, stationed, and positioned women to be spiritual leaders, political leaders, military leaders, prophets, teachers, organizers, and managers. So if if that is true, that we interpret those verses uh, as Paul said, that women have to be quiet and submissive, if that's true, then God violated his own rules all the way through the Bible. Context number two, when Paul was telling the church that he does not allow women to speak or teach in the church, he was speaking to the churches in Corinth and Ephesus. You say, so what? Who cares? Well, in Corinth and Ephesus, there were two temples. The temple of Aphrodite's and the, the temple of Artemis, temples that were dominating in the city. And women were coming out of these temples, and these temples were known for the temple prostitution. So what Paul's got is a bunch of churches with women being won over to Christ out of these temples, and they're bringing their, their manipulative ways, their, their ruling and dominating men sexually, they're bringing all of that from that temple into the church, and Paul had enough, and he said, I don't even allow women to talk in the church. Uh, imagine it was like this. Imagine that Paul went out and, and befriended and got to know a bunch of, uh, you know, a, a death metal band. And they're, they're, they got their t-shirts and uh, let's see this next, we got a picture of this band that Paul actually befriended. There they are. And uh, Paul won these guys over to Christ and they're all musicians. So he had them up on stage leading worship. But these guys are always coming to church wearing their t-shirts with coffins and demons and half-naked women and, uh, and satanic symbols. And so Paul writes in his Bible, men should not wear t-shirts. In fact, I don't even allow men to wear t-shirts. They need to wear shirts with collars and no logos. And that would be a very, very timeless truth-sounding writing. But the reality would be that it was not a timeless truth. It was something within the context of that local church that he said, I don't even allow men to wear T-shirts. That doesn't mean it's a sin to wear a T-shirt. It doesn't mean that in every church that, that men should not wear T-shirts. It means that he had a situation that he was, he was addressing. Context number three, does Paul tell women to submit to their husbands? Absolutely. There's no getting around this. Paul absolutely tells women to submit to their husbands. And at the very same time, he tells men and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In 1 Peter, he says, in the same way as your wife submits, you husbands must submit and give honor, put them up higher than your wives treat them as they should or your prayers will not, will, will be hindered. They will treat them as they should and your prayers won't be hindered. And then Ephesians 5, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Does Paul say wives should submit to their husbands? Absolutely. And he goes on to say in context and in the very same way, husbands, submit to your wives. 
and love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then he actually does something he doesn't do for the women. He threatens the guys and says, I won't even listen to your prayers if you don't love your wife. And if you don't submit to her, God actually threatens the guys. He doesn't do that with you women. But hold it a second. How did, let's do the math. How did Christ love the church? He took a bullet to the brain for her. He stood in front of a train for her. He died on a cross for her. He gave himself for her. Women are instructed to yield and to surrender to, men, to their husbands, and men are instructed to yield and surrender to their wives and then to die for them. <laughs> Lots of people say, you know what? I, I don't think the Bible's fair about what it says about women. It isn't. All you have to do is give up your selfishness and your preferences for your husband. Us guys, we have to give up our selfishness and our preferences and then be willing to die for the women in our lives. It's not fair. <laughs> not fair at all. So my job in just a few minutes is to empower you. And for those of you who have lived with confusion or with doubt or with a sense of hesitation or anger or maybe even a sense of bondage in your lives because of these lies may the truth set you free may the truth set you free tonight god has shattered the glass ceiling with his powerful word when you understand it in context when you understand what god was really saying it shatters that glass ceiling and know this, that I don't have a doubt in my mind that you are fully endorsed, that you are fully authorized, that you are fully certified by God himself to lead me any day. And I will follow.